0: I'm Luke Summerhays, and I love Ursaring. When I was a kid, I would read Nintendo magazines religiously. Every month, I counted down to the day of release. I made some of my best friends, both online and in the real world, through these publications. I first developed my interest in Japan through them, and that led me to literally living in Nagano today. One time, in an official Nintendo magazine, They had to review a mediocre Gamecube Winnie the Pooh game. They said their piece in a couple of sentences, and after that, the gag was that they filled the review with facts about bears. I adopted this same joke for speaking exercises in history lessons at secondary school. My subsequent need for more and more bear facts led me to learn more and more about the creatures. I bought books, watched documentaries, and visited the zoo. This developed into a fascination, and to this day, bears are my favourite animals. They're smart, cute, and tough in equal measure. I in love bears. Teddy Ursa would be, to many people, Pokemon's first bear. I would argue that Snorlax beat it to the punch as a hibernating bear, but we already had an episode about that. Teddy Ursa is an adorable little brown teddy bear, with a crescent moon on its forehead. This is somewhat similar to the V-shaped markings found on the chests of Asiatic black bears. The name combines teddy, as in teddy bear, with Ursa, the Greek for a bear, and the name for the famous constellations Ursa Minor and Ursa Major. The Japanese name is Himeguma, combining Hime, which means princess but is generally used for a small animal and kuma, or bear. It might also be one of those clever puns which uses an alternative kanji reading. In this case, he being an alternative reading of mikazuki, the word for a crescent moon. Teddy Ursa's Pokédex entries could all be basic facts about real bears. Pokémon Gold tells us, If it finds honey, its crescent mark glows. It always licks its paws because they are soaked with honey. Pokemon Silver says, Before food becomes scarce in wintertime, its habit is to hoard food in many hidden locations. And Crystal says, It always licks honey. Its palm tastes sweet because of all the honey it has absorbed. Okay, so the part where they glow isn't so much like a real bear. The teddy bear, of course, is a popular design for a children's toy but is named for a real bear fought by US President Teddy Roosevelt. At level 30, Teddy Ursa can evolve into the ferocious real bear, Ursa Ring. Ursa Ring is a proper bear. As the Pokémon which most resembles a real-life bear, it is perpetually pretty close to my personal list of favourites. It has the strong figure, the cute but fearsome face, the shaggy fur, here somewhat resembling the tassels worn on a lot of traditional Native American clothing to direct rainwater off the body. The mighty grizzly bears of America hold significance in many Native American cultures, and Ursaring's size, bulk and strength certainly bring those beasties to mind rather than the small and scraggly bears of Asia. The name Ursaring and the Japanese name Ringuma refer to the white ring found on Ursaring's The crescent moon of Teddy Ursa has developed into a full moon, though ironically, this makes Ursaring resemble the sun bear, the smallest of all bears, rather than the larger black bear. Though Ursaring is a big brown beastie, its Pokédex entries are reminiscent of the smaller, more agile Asian bears, like the sun bear I mentioned before. Pokémon Gold tells us, Although it is a good climber, it prefers to snap trees with its forelegs and eat fallen berries, Silver says, with its ability to distinguish any aroma, it unfailingly finds all food buried deep underground. Crystal says, although it has a large body, it is quite skilled at climbing trees. It eats and sleeps in the treetops. Ursaring, as a pure normal type, with stats that aren't exceptional, has never made a big paw print in the competitive game. Alas, it didn't even make the cut for Gala. This is particularly heartbreaking for me. We now finally have enough bear-based Pokémon for a six-monster team all based on bears. But they aren't all in the same game. I love it when people get in touch with the podcast. You can contact us via Twitter or Facebook at LukeLuffsPKMN or through a review on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. Our next couple of monsters will be Slugma and Swinub, but feel free to get in touch not just about those, but any monster. Friend of the show, and composer of the podcast theme music, Jonathan Cromey, did exactly that. He had this to say about last week's monster, Sneasel.
1: Hello everybody, it's Jonathan Cromey, composer of the show, here to talk to you about Sneasel, one of my very favourite Pokemon mixed up a few things that I really loved about Pokemon, especially at the age I was when um, Generation 2 came out and I was, you know, wearing all black clothes and uh, trying to be a bit of an edgelord myself. Now, it's fair to say that Sneasel, you know, the dark type, uh, weasel who looks smug and stands there with crossed arms in Pokemon Stadium 2 and that definitely fits the edgelord quota. But I'm also a really big fan of ferrets... And other muster lids, I think they are very cute while at the same time being very sneak, uh, sleek and very cool. Well, also very uh, sneaky. That only adds to their appeal. Um, so, Sneasel, you have here a Pokemon who is you know definitely base, uh, based off, well, sne- a Sneaky Weasel with clue, clues in the name. Also being based off a pretty cool Japanese yokai which I'm sure Luke's already talked about. Also, being a dark ice type, also being really fast, le- uh, late game monster, which um, only found in Mount Silver, or the grass leading up to Mount Silver, I believe, which only served to heighten its appeal. What was not to love about Sneasel? And I did, despite the fact that being a dark and ice type in a generation where dark and ice were always special moves, and having the special attack of a moderately sized pea <laughs> made Sneasel all but useless in battle. Fast forward a couple of generations to the f- physical and special split uh, split, and we get Weavile. And suddenly Sneasel or its evolution is competitively viable and also a lot uglier. Like, I don't like Weavile. What are you playing at, Game 3? Just give us Sneasel. Make Sneasel more powerful. Sneasel's adorable. Sneasel's cool. Could have stuck Sneasel. Let's all just forget, uh, forget that Weavile exists, okay? Hey, hail Sneasel. And, uh... Cheerio.
0: Music for Luke Loves Pokemon is by Jonathan Cromie. Artwork for the show is by Katie Groves. If you've enjoyed listening, and you want to help me be able to keep hosting the podcast online, please consider supporting at patreon.com slash lukelovespkmn. Just a dollar a month would help out, and in return, you can listen to episodes a week early. If somehow you're not sick of my voice yet, check out my other podcast. It's called Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary and you can find it on Twitter at MLSFSPOD, or just search on your podcasting app of choice or on Facebook for Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. It's not like this podcast, and it's not so family-friendly, but if you see a film you like on the feed, why not check out the episode? I love Teddy Erson. And remember, I love you too. Especially if you're a bear.